the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. In the broadcast, I continue my visit with a couple of gals discussing infertility from a biblical worldview. Hope you can stick around for this important discussion. And you can reach out to me to share your thoughts or comments anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. I am so thankful that you have signed on to The Plum Line. This Christ-honoring radio show was birthed out of my lifelong career in radio and God's plan for me to serve Him as a radio missionary to our nation, a nation where less than 9% of those who call themselves Christians hold to a biblical worldview, according to George Barna's research. God laid it upon my heart to use the gifts of expositing the scriptures and discernment from the Word of God to examine dozens of issues that are relevant to our society today from a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview is the lens that Christians should use to view everything. Yet, unbeknownst to many who call themselves Christians, their views on numerous matters are not based upon the only perfect, 100% reliable standard, the Word of God, our plumb line. So in order to address that troubling statistic, the Plumb Line radio show began in Iowa in late 2022 and is now growing across the country, including into your area. If you appreciate the mission and ministry of The Plumb Line, I would appreciate hearing from you. You can share your financial support or simply a message letting me know you're tuning in and praying for this ministry by emailing theplumlineradio at gmail.com. On today's edition of The Plumb Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I am joined by Kelly Ramsey and Jen Hesse with Waiting in Hope Ministries. We're talking about infertility from a biblical worldview. And if you missed the first broadcast on this subject, you're going to want to catch that. And you can find all past editions of The Plumb Line after they air on the radio. They go up in podcast form just about everywhere that you can find podcasts. In fact, if you find somewhere where it isn't, let me know. I'll try to get it on there as well. But uh, take Spotify, for example. I know it's available there. Just put in The Plumb Line with Jay Rudolph, and you'll be able to listen to the first 
uh, broadcast we recorded on infertility. But in the second one, we're going to kind of get into some of the practical components and aspects. But Kelly and Jen, I wanted to start with having one of you talk a little bit about the scriptures here and the reality that while we say that this is something that a lot of women and men as well are grappling with in our day and age, in the Jewish culture, the culture of that day in biblical times, it was, you know, I don't really want to make a comparison necessarily on how hard it was, but let's just put it this way. It was grievously difficult to be an infertile woman in Jewish times, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was condemning. It was, I mean, if we feel forgotten now, I can't imagine how brutally they felt lost and, you know, without purpose because infertility was completely connected to everything, you know, their life, their livelihood, their worth, whether they were a woman or not, which, you know, is heartbreaking, but there's plenty of women in the Bible who went through it, who had very similar narratives to us. But what is beautiful is if you keep reading and studying them, they also, the Lord wrote redemption, not just by answers, but by how he showed up in their stories. Yeah, I was just thinking, isn't that amazingly cool? And just like our God, to bring about the most amazing of stories in Scripture, several of those deal with this very subject that we're talking about, infertility, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and many in the line leading to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, like he included these women in the story of bringing a Savior to the world. And really, all of it is a foreshadowing of Jesus. and. Him coming and God doing the impossible through virgin birth. (laughs) Well, he's in the business of doing impossible things and bringing life where there is no life. And so, yeah, it's really incredible when you look at it. And like Kelly said, yes, he fulfilled these women, like we think of Sarah and Elizabeth, and he heard their cries and gave them children. And he was doing so much more through that by eventually, you know, leading to Christ and his, his line. So, yeah, there's there's so much more there in Scripture and so much encouragement. And, like, you look at God included a story specifically about a woman, Hannah, hmm. and how distraught she was over this, like, longing for a child. And it talks about her being provoked by the other wife who had all these children and was so fertile. And so there's so much that we can take courage from, like looking at her story and about how she came before the priest and (laughs) he thought she was drunk and she was that upset about that. And so I think that we can look at that story and see like, it's very validating that God chose to include this in his word, the whole story of a woman who is longing for a child and how God cares for her. It says God remembered Hannah. It's not like he ever forgot her, but he acknowledged that that was painful. And then through that, he brought about Samuel and then, you know, the whole history of the prophets and the kings and everything. So, yeah, there's so much that we can take and really a reversal of the whole feeling of like, oh, this is cursed to be someone who can't get pregnant. God changes that. It's like his upside down kingdom. He's always, you know, changing the narrative. That's one way that he was doing that in scripture and one way he continues to do that today. 
Yeah, and I want to follow up on that more in just a moment here, but just giving our listeners a picture of this ancient culture, the Jewish culture, and well, and the culture all around them as well, there were a few things that, uh, well, one that's similar to today, that the culture emphasized uh, back then a woman's purpose as a childbearer and mother. There's still Mm -hmm. a bit of that today, although nowadays it seems like a lot of our culture is saying the woman's job should be working outside the home. They're they're not emphasizing the mother aspect as much, which is, is really sad, honestly, but we won't get into that. That's a whole nother broadcast. But And then they also had the situation where a woman many times depended upon a son to care for her, especially if her husband mm-hmm. had died. And so without a son or sons, uh, the women could face, uh, you know, uncertain future and poverty and desperation right. and things. And so, so those aspects are different. And you brought up Elizabeth, too. And I wanted to mention in Luke chapter 1, the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth here, it says in verse 24, after... After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. And this is what she said, according to the scriptures, The Lord has done this for me. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So Elizabeth mm-hmm. confirms with you know what we were just saying, that this in those days was a curse and a disgrace. And so... She rejoices, of course, over being found with child. So out of all that, what I want to point out is that sometimes, and and the scriptures do say this, the scriptures call children a blessing, a heritage from the Lord, and that is true. There's no doubt that that is true, but that does not mean that the flip side or the opposite of that is a curse. In other words, you know, not having children is a curse. That would not be an accurate or logical way to think about things, would it? Right, and... Elizabeth is, and Zechariah are a good example of because it says in the scripture that they walked before the Lord blamelessly. And so their infertility wasn't a result of their like sin mm-hmm. because it says that, that they were actually righteous, God-fearing people, and yet they couldn't get pregnant. And so it wasn't punitive like God or God withholding from them. It, it was more of like God's plan <laughs> was to send you know, John the Baptist, but it had to be, he wanted it done in this like amazing fashion and at just the right time, you know, before Mary was going to have Jesus. So that's a great example, like confirming that infertility is not a punishment. It feels like it (laughs) because it feels like we know God is the one who gives life. He's the author of life. He's the one who gives us the blessing only he can create life. So it feels so heavy and as if God is intending to cause this hurt or the very least allowing it. And so that's where we really need to pull in our, you know, knowledge of scripture and say that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that applies to someone who's going through infertility, that your pain and the hard thing you're going through is not because you sin, because your sin has been put upon Christ and wiped clean. So that's really important. It's something we talk about a lot in our ministry because Mm -hmm. it's a very common struggle, even if you've been a Christian a long time, because the emotions of infertility feel so awful (laughs) and you feel distant from the Lord at times because you don't understand. We don't see his plans unfolded before us. So that's where uh, trust comes in. 
Yeah. yeah. The, the discussion that we're having here makes me think, too, of um, we could do a whole show on this alone. It, it would be entitled <laughs> Things Not to Say to Your Friend Who's Infertile. And this yeah. is this Amen. is probably yeah. number one what I want to bring up now, because what, what you were just sharing made me think about something that I've heard said before. And it was done with, you know, the right intention, but it just does not come off well at all. And it would be basically that, well, you can always adopt. That's what I've heard said. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys have heard that said, too. That's not a good thing to say is it no because number one someone who's going fertility is not necessarily in the place to adopt right away you know like you have to go through the grief and the pain in your heart and it's not fair to a child just to put that infertility then into potential adoption and that child and it's not like it's easier by any means because we've both adopted and we know the beauty and also the heartbreak that's attached to that I guess just a little bit more on that. Is it almost more hurtful? In other words, and again, it's a hard thing because I've heard people say this and I know their hearts are good and they're trying to help, but is it almost more hurtful to to hear something like that when you're going through infertility? Oh, 100%. And I, I think, like you said, it's most often said as an encouragement or like, have you thought of this? And adoption is a beautiful loving option. By actually saying it that way, in my opinion, you're devaluing adoption and kind of projecting it unwittingly to seem like plan B, when really it's it's a wonderful option. It's just, it's a huge undertaking. I mean, it is, you're bringing a child home and in a different way than going through a biological pregnancy and that whole process. As Kelly said, someone might not be ready to even think about adoption Plus, there's a grieving process of thinking about, well, I might not be able to have biological children. And so with that, we just need to acknowledge the time that it takes to think through and to really come to that place of uh, acceptance and saying, like, God, this might not be your plan for me, but maybe this is your plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's so much that I would love to address here, and we're quite limited on our time. So I'm going to go ahead and go to the break here, but we're going to bring up some things in regards to in vitro fertilization and other aspects in just a bit on the second half here of uh, show number two in our two-part series. And I thank you, the listener, for tuning in and joining us and stick around for more. I want to also mention that we're not going to be able to cover anywhere near what I would like to cover on this subject. And so a great thing for you to do is to visit the website waitinginhopeinfertility.com. They have some great articles and columns there. You can also get a copy of the book that we're talking about, Waiting in Hope. And that website again, waitinginhopeinfertility.com. I'd encourage you to go there and uh, check that out and all the resources that they have. My guests are Kelly Ramsey and Jen Hesse, both with Waiting in Hope Infertility Support Ministries, as we discuss infertility from a biblical worldview. Stick around on the plumb line. You can reach out to me to share your thoughts, comments. If you've got any questions, I'll probably have to pass those along to my guests here, but you can certainly share those at this email address, the plumb line radio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, the Plumline Radio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. 
With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Batt at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. I am so pleased to have Reasons for Hope as the national sponsor of The Plumb Line. The mission of both of our ministries is to proclaim the gospel and to train people to look at every topic and issue from a biblical worldview. You can discover more about their many fabulous resources and their debunked video series or request one of the R4H speakers for your event or maybe attend an equipped youth retreat or rally all at r4h.com. To learn about the Plum Line's partnership with Reasons for Hope, check out the blog postings at r4h.com, and you can find the Plum Line station directory and podcast link at r4h.com slash theplumline. Be sure to leave a note saying thanks to Reasons for Hope for supporting the Plum Line. You're tuned into the Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I am pleased to be joined by Kelly Ramsey and Jen Hesse of Waiting and Hope Ministries. We're talking about infertility from a biblical worldview today. And at the end of the last segment, we were kind of focused a, a bit on some of the scripture here and what the Bible has to say and a couple particular examples about going through infertility involving Elizabeth and Hannah in the scriptures. And uh, Kelly, you kind of wanted to point out the fact that really it's a, a situation that relies upon faith, relies upon turning to God, because whenever we go through something like this, we can't endure it, we can't get through this on our own, and that's kind of been the focus of both of the broadcasts on this, but talk with us a little bit about the importance of really leaning into, pressing into God through this. Yeah, I think we get this false belief that we need to have enough faith, or we need to believe more, or we need to trust the Lord more, and somewhat of a name it, claim it feeling with an infertility or pain or any kind of suffering, whether it's cancer or, you know, God will heal this because I believe He can, but yes, God can but he doesn't always. And so, or he does it in a different way. You know, when we look at these women in the Bible, it literally says God closed her womb, talking about Hannah. And because God closed her womb, because he has the ability to open wombs and close wombs and, and to do all that is in his control. And so, yes, we have to have faith, but we also need to grow closer to him. Like there's this intimacy that he yearns for, not for us to think that like the blind man in John nine, that, he's done something that he has to correct. You know, was this man to sin or his parents? No, he was born blind because it shows the works of God manifested in him. It was for the glory of God and for this blind man's good for him to be in pain, for him to be in this place he didn't want to be because it brought him to the feet of Jesus. It brought him to a relationship with him and for God's glory to be shown. And so that is a really hard reality. 
And that took me a long time to get to, which is why we wrote this book. So we could like hand, hold your hand to get you through. I'm in this painful spot. What do I do with it? Mm-hmm. And what you do with it is it's going to bring you to the feet of Jesus and you get to make that choice. Yeah, ultimately, and understanding that what happens is all for God's glory, and it's all in His hands. He's in control of all of it, and being able to rest in that is a difficult thing to do, difficult place to move into, but it's necessary, and so I sure appreciate you sharing that, and that kind of leads me right into the next thing I wanted to ask, and that is sometimes our desires are so strong that we will go to extreme measures to reach the ends that we're hoping to to reach. Here, I'm not saying that's the case necessarily with IVF, but for some it, it could be. And so I wanted to talk about in vitro fertilization here because some may view that as too extreme. Others say, you know, it's just fine. And I, honestly, I don't feel like there's a biblical answer to that. I think the answer is, and I'll let you explain this more, I think the answer is each person needs to decide and discern that by seeking God on their own. Yeah, I'm going to let Jen talk on this, but I think it's the biggest question we always hear within groups or with online or with any of our members and people is, should I do IVF? I guess I should just do IVF. And we're always like, whoa, whoa, slow down. (laughs) You have to trust the Lord. So what is he leading you to do? What are you and your husband seeking him? You know, is this a time to wait? Is this a time to press in? Is this a time to seek other avenues? That's up to, yeah, like you said, each person seeking the Lord in their own journey. Right. So the Bible doesn't, like with many things, like in modern life, like it doesn't say yes <laughs> or no, you shouldn't do this sort of like medical technology or this procedure. It does give us guidelines and talking about like the sanctity of life that every, you know, embryo is mm-hmm. created by God. So we, we value and uphold the sanctity of life. And beyond that, it doesn't give a whole lot of directions of like, do this or don't do that. It is our manual for wisdom, but it is not our manual for step-by-step directions about how to do, you know, X, Y, Z. So um, when we talk to people about IVF, well, first of all, we say in the book, we talk about this. We're not going to tell you yes or no, because it's not our job. We can encourage you and point out relevant scripture to give you the basic principles of like what we said about valuing human life. But this is something we seek the Lord and depend on his direction and also trust as we move through the process. And I talk about in this chapter about should we do IVF as to waiting for this burning bush moment. And, you know, Mm -hmm. God can do that, but it doesn't mean he always does that. And so he gives us tools, though. You know, we can talk to him through prayer. And if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. It sounds oversimplified, but at the same time, like we have this direct line to ask the Lord for for giving us wisdom about making godly choices and then the wisdom of godly counsel. So seeking out people that we respect and trust their opinions, especially when it comes to like thinking of other people who have been through similar experiences. I know my husband and I talked to several families who had been through IVF or also adoption just to get their perspective and their how they tried to honor the Lord in their decision making. Yeah, so and God gives us his word to seek not just answers but to seek him. And so as we Kelly and I talk about in the book that a lot of times we want the green light like to say yes, do this or not do that. It's not 
that simple all the time. And that's because if we knew all the answers, we wouldn't have to trust. Mm -hmm. And so God wants us to depend on him as we're going through this, which doesn't mean inaction. Like it doesn't mean do nothing, but I mean, it might mean that for a season or for a time that you take a break from treatment. But then on the other hand, it takes trust to also do a treatment or do something. And that's where, yeah, we rely on discernment and that's hard, but it's possible. Yeah. Amen. Asking the Holy Spirit for that guidance that uh, yeah. only he can provide. So thank you so much for yeah. that. And I know you get into some of, you know, even frozen embryos and all the controversy and things around that in the book. And so we don't obviously have time to dig into all of that. And I, so once again, I encourage, as I've done a couple of times, people to pick up a copy and go to that website as well for more information. Waitinginhopeinfertility.com is the website. We've got just a couple minutes left, so I'm hoping to give each of you uh, about a minute of time here to give your final closing argument here, what you would want the listener to go away with from our conversation over the past couple of days. If we could point anything, it would be let this time of waiting lean you into a relationship that's deepening with the Lord. You know, like let the Holy Spirit lead you. This will be the time to press in so you can hear His voice. This may be the first time you've ever heard His voice. Because it's too heavy a burden to carry and you need him, like Matthew 11 talks about, to carry this for you and to be your light. But really, when you're asking those why questions, maybe it's a time to pause. Maybe it's a time to take a deep breath and rest in who he is and allow him to reach your heart and your soul and renew you there. So good. Yeah, as we talk about in the book, like we don't get to choose our journeys. We don't get, no one would choose infertility, of course. (laughs) But through Christ, we get to choose how we wait. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that He is with us, He does care. And and through that clinging to Him, we can have the courage to say it is well, even if, you know, when we're not well, and we don't know what the outcome will be, but we do know our Savior. He's our hope. That's our hope in writing the book and with our ministry is that people will come to know and savor the relationship with Christ. Mm, Amen. That's beautiful. Well, thank you, ladies. Jen Hesse, Kelly Ramsey, my guest, thanks for being on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, and they're both with Waiting in Hope Ministries. Again, I'm going to give that website here for you, waitinginhopeinfertility.com, waitinginhopeinfertility.com. Check that out. You'll be able to find a lot more information and resources than we had time to get to here on the Plumb Line. I thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate uh, your support. This is a listener-supported radio ministry. I appreciate it also if you would support the businesses that advertise on the Plumb Line. They pay for the airtime costs and make it possible for the show to air in your area. So we are very, very thankful to them, and please express your thanks to them as well. And love to have you reach out to me. That email address again, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.